Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from the internet. And I'm very excited because we are all reunited. It's been a little while. It's been, I don't know, I guess not that long, right? But Pete... Pete, you were out beautiful. with Poison Ivy last week. We did a whole podcast a about the boys in the middle where you were blacked out the entire time. Yep. Nobody could see yep. you. Blackout. Uh, how, how are you feeling? How's your body? Tell us uh, about your body, Pete. It's I have dry, itchy skin that hates me. And okay, uh, too much already. Too much. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. We're good. I've, I've we're good. Had, we got to get into the show, Pete. It's enough already. Dude, Thanks I'm for all It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's eating me alive. Yeah. I just want to say, Pete, you look beautiful. Nope. Okay. Looks nope. after your arm. And I just wanted to. Well, this is going to be fun. It's an Ivy prank. Oh, man. You you uh, you were freezing a little bit. I don't know if you were going to say something, Justin. Yeah, it doesn't sound like you're saying I was just going to say. I was going to say, how did you like our Poison Ivy prank? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well played, guys. Well played. Yeah, got you good. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, you should have seen your face. We didn't see your face, but you should have seen your <laughs> face. Uh, guys, I'm very excited about the show we have tonight. If you're overwatching at the tube, I see a bunch of comments there the already. Uh, Anthony Latch says, "Oh yeah, let's talk comics." Longtime listener, first time live viewer, welcome, Anthony. A uh, bunch of other folks, New X guy watching for the first time live. Uh, also, I'm I think over guy. here on Crowdcast, there was somebody who watched for the first time live. So, thank you all. For tuning in, we have two great guests for you tonight that we're going to get to in a moment. A couple of order business. We're going to get to audience questions later in the show. If you got a question, drop it and ask a question on Crowdcast over on the tube. I'm keeping an eye on the comments, uh, so I'll read that stuff off. And, of course, if you have questions for our guests as we're going, I'll keep an eye. What? Not that good of an eye you keep on it. Uh, wow. Well, okay, listen, Pete. I was able to sneak <laughs> in there. I was yeah, doing was... a little sneaking. You're going to do that again this week, Pete? You're going to go into the comments on YouTube, even though you're here live on Crowdcast? No, no, that would be too much work. Frankie Castle forever. That's a shitty that, name. Oh, boy. Don't insult our guests. Uh, so listen, I'm very excited about the guests we have on the show. Later on in the show, we're going to have Jerry Dugan is going to be here. Great writer, great guy. But right now, I'm going to invite our first guest into the stream. His name is Sean Chen. Hopefully, everything's working smooth with the tech. He was a little worried. I think it's going to work smoothly. I have a good no feeling pressure. about this. Uh, but he is uh, well-known as an artist, but he is also writing a book or wrote a book that sold out recently called Wingman Compendium of an Artist's First Writing Experience uh, from Next Chapter, which is very cool. Uh, so we'll see if that works. And we'll see if we can get him in here. Uh, you also might know his work from Iron Man, Avengers, X-Men, Bloodshot, Exo Manowar, currently on Batman Beyond, um, all that stuff. That's a lot. Okay, Alex, keep listing stuff that Sean's yeah. done because yeah, he's not please. here yet. Oh, okay. Just like other uh, regular breakfast, <laughs> lunch, 
good. <laughs> Don't forget about brunch. Dinner. Brunch. Oh, yep. Dinner. Snack. Uh, late uh, night while snack. We, late night. While we have a second, let's talk about Pete's betrayal again. Pete jumped over to the YouTube comment section last week and started <laughs> setting up shop over there. Betrayal? betrayal. This is we are here. This is where we are. You're on YouTube trying to start your own little splinter group. You got uh, Counter Justin and a faux Alex over there. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. What was it like over there, Pete? Huh? Was um, it like some alternate world? Yeah, you know, the people were nicer. Uh, you nicer? Know, yeah. Man. People in YouTube your comments. Yeah. Pete, the old pals, Justin and Alex? That's right. Yeah. My beer. Hey! Hey, there hey. we go. Hey, Sean. Hi. How are you doing? It all worked out. You're in the stream. Cool. Um, yeah, I was a little worried there because I never did, you know, I'm doing these podcasts all the time, but. Uh, every method of joining is a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, we like to keep it complicated as possible in these trying times. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's good that we're six months into this pandemic and nobody has figured out live streaming or anything like that yet. Yeah. But we were very excited to have you here. Very excited to talk about the stuff. Uh, we gave the whole lengthy inf- uh, intro about everything you've done. Uh, but the main thing you're here to talk about is Wingman, which is a very cool project. I believe it actually started during the pandemic, right? Like it was something that was kind of spurred on by that? Right. Well, I actually did the comic itself maybe uh, a year before, but it was kind of just sitting on my Instagram. Um, and then uh, my friend Carl Choi, who wanted to start up a, a publishing, a comic book publishing company, uh, he approached me to see whether I could uh, put it on his, be the first book, you know, his debut book for his new company. And. So cool. The the concept of the book is basically death's wingman, right? Like that's sort of the idea there. Yeah, it's um, well, you know, the main character just went through a very traumatic war, and uh, he has a lot of like really big questions about about life, and so he needs to find some closure. So he's uh, desperately needs time to kind of unravel all of this. But then uh, the Grim Reaper shows up, kind of at the worst time. So then he's he's in big trouble because he needs in that short amount of time he has left. Uh, to get that closure he's looking for. Uh, but what, uh, I guess one way he does is by delaying, um, kind of distracting death by just kind of being his wingman and partying with him for, right. uh, for as long as he can to lengthen that amount of time to you know, finally do what he needs to do before it kicks off. And you drew on your own experience as death's wingman to write this book, right? <laughs> uh, you know, there had to be a lot of research done because I really didn't know much about, you know, the way he uh, distracts is kind of by partying with him and the area they're, they're at is kind of a, like central Southern California area. So I didn't know anything about partying or that area, but I kind of <laughs> I did figured it out. I mean, every wingman, main man relationship ends in the wingman being murdered. At least anyone I've been in. Uh, well, yeah. It, is main man the correct term for the non wingman person in that relationship? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's strange. Like the wingman title is kind of like a double entendre because uh, he really is sort of like, um, you know, he's an angel that has to get his wings. So he's kind of um, has to earn it. And um, I guess uh, doing this one good deed before he goes, it's kind of the way he does it. So wingman, it means like it's another term for angel. And it's also a, a term for, I guess, the guy who helps you party you know, as your liaison into the party lifestyle. So. <laughs> nice. yeah. I like that. Uh, now, it, not that it's unprecedented for an artist to move to writing or vice versa or anything like that, but this is the first time you've done it over a long career about be, of being an artist. Um, 
was this is this something in you know, the kind of like in the back of your head for a while? Uh, was this the first project where it occurred to you? How'd that work out? How'd you eventually make that leap from one side to the other? Well, I think I fall into a position that a lot of artists fall into. Um, you think it's time to actually do something. Uh, um, when you kind of graduate from Marvel and DC, you want to actually start writing something. So everyone has these ideas in their head, but those ideas always seem to be like this big, epic sci-fi thing that becomes so big, um, really, that to be handled by professional writers. But, you know, we bite off more than we can chew. So um, it ends up just being something that never happens. And then you wake up one day and you're like an old person and you never really got... <laughs> uh, so oh, no. I kind of had to hack my brain and just kind of just do the next project that came along and then keep it smaller and, and just go where it goes without trying to uh, come out of the gate with the biggest, strongest, uh, most marketable project ever, which, you know, it's, it's a trap you fall into. And, and uh, basically, it, it kind of dooms your project from the start. So um, the best thing to do is just to kind of ease into it, you know. And so this is a story that uh, I wrote that's kind of something that I can handle. because it's, it's a smaller type of story. And, you know, it deals with big issues, but then it's something that I can really uh, get into uh, and, and, you know, it's not such a daunting, heavy world building type thing, which it seems to be the, the end of every story that a lot of artists try to try to do. <laughs> I think that's so smart because I, I feel like there's fatigue there to the point you're saying it's hard to do those big stories where it's so much world building just from a logistical standpoint. But I feel like it's like, oh, so this this is a fantasy world where um, everyone's like fingers are actually screwdrivers. So you have to like get into that and like find out why that is and everything um, So do something that feels like it's like premise. And then let's get to the story is feels like a, a release and something that I think we can all get on board with. Right. Exactly. Um you know, I, I, I kind of spent so much of my time doing the superhero slugfest type thing. So this is a kind of a chance to do something a little bit different, um, like a quieter story. Uh, so in that sense, it was, it was something that I kind of wanted to do for a while. And it kind of breaks the ice to do uh, to do more things later on. Like maybe the big sci-fi thing is, is the next thing to come along. But you really have to get your, your chops and all your um, work out all the kinks of writing for the first time in a, in a smaller story. So... Um, yeah, I thought this is the, the perfect project to do that on. Yeah, I feel the same way about screwdriver fingers, something I've mm-hmm. developed. Yeah, uh, what are you calling it? Screwdrivers? Screw, fingers. Screw, Screw fingers. fingers. Screw fingers. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Who's that coming out from again? <laughs> image Comics? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, Image, but it's with a Y. Instead oh, of okay. Y- so it's image. a little like sort of a like fun. Like yeah. Image. project called Finger Bang, which is, uh, I think we may have to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> Oh, good, good. See you here. It's good. We're all in the same world. Well, I will say on a slightly more serious, slightly related topic, uh, one of the only positives out of this pandemic, I would say, is that it has really spurred people onto creative distribution methods. And the way that you put out this book, and correct if I'm wrong, but it was only on sale for 24 hours, but it's sold out, right? Uh, Yeah, well, uh, I think the the publisher wanted to kind of... uh, you know, build some heat around uh, a drop. Uh, so mm-hmm. it was like a 24 hour yeah. drop for the, um, the first edition, which is like, you know, the one that coveted, you know, the signed and it comes with all these, uh, the bells and whistle with the first edition collectors thing. And then there's be, there'll be uh, other ones later on for anyone who kind of missed that. Yeah. Cool. Now that you have gotten a taste of the writing side of things, is that something you want to do more? Are you getting back into art, doing a little bit of both? Where's your head at right now? Uh, I'll kind of, Take it as it comes. I mean, right now I'm doing Batman Beyond for DC. Uh, 
and then and, you know, I'd like to do more writing. Uh, I think, you know, it's the way it's kind of done in, in like Japan and, and Europe. They seem to like write their own stories. And I think you get the best product that way because you kind of know what you're, uh, what's in your mind when you're drawing a, a story that you wrote. Uh, and um, also, it, there's a lot more passion there because I think uh, you can kind of see whenever an artist writes his own story um, for the first time or whatever, that uh, it, it looks different from the stuff they did in the past that they'll do for the corporations because there's a lot more passion behind it. And it, it really shows in the work. There's a lot of fun going on and, and some of the... Um, sorry. The, the best work comes out when they uh, are really have a vested interest in it. Yeah. Uh, is it, is there going to be a second round of sales on it? Is there a place to check it out if people are interested in the book? Oh yeah. Um, so nextchapter.com is the publisher. That's next chapter. Uh, so yeah, uh, they're the ones that they're putting out. And then, um, you know, these things don't really have any shelf life. So as long as there is demand, they'll be um, printing and reprinting them. So yeah, there's definitely um, ways to get it. Uh, not not the initial sale is over. There's still ways to get it. Uh, before we let you go, we do have a question here over on Crowdcast from Josh. Sean, how different was it creating the art for your story versus for another writer, or did it feel different really at all? Uh, well, it did feel very different. Um, I work with all different types of writers. Uh, one of the things that, that I'm always trying to do when I'm doing a comic for Marvel or DC is trying to figure out exactly what the, uh, the writer is thinking, like how he's envisioning it. Um, so it's just me trying to match their vision and using what their script, sometimes it's a plot, sometimes it's a full script, just to try to get into their head and see what they're, they're trying to get across. Um, you know, if, with this, this project, you kind of throw it out the window. I, mean, I know exactly uh, what I want, but I'm not sure if other artists are trying to, you know, write for the, uh, or draw for the writer, um, mm-hmm. but I certainly do. So I always preferred the, um, the tighter scripts, the more detail, the better. Um, so, uh, I think that the biggest thing is that you know, I just know uh, what I'm getting into when I'm drawing it because I, I came up with the story. And also it's, it's a lot more, you know, there's a lot more passion there because it's a story that I have a really vested interest in, in conveying. Like, I think you really have to um, kind of assume that the writer uh, for a Marvel DC comic is trying to get some idea across. And there's a, an emotional satisfaction to try and deliver through their writing. And it's up to me to try to, uh, to jump in there and get, go along with it. So I can kind of draw it and just draw, just do the job of drawing it, but I really have to try to uh, get in there and try to uh, show exactly what's in their mind and try to get that emotional satisfaction that they're going for. So with this project, you know, I kind of know what emotions I'm going for, and I know how to draw towards it. So I think it's a it's a tighter, um, you know, it's a better working relationship when it's just the same person. Yeah. Also, it's much harder to yell at yourself, right? <laughs> Not sure. Well, not true. <laughs> Not yeah. true. Where, God, I Where, screwed up. Oh, I see what you mean. Where's those pages I asked for? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I kind of took my time with this story because I think it was written over a period of a year uh, because I was working in advertising and I was really missing comics. So what I would do is just draw like um, whenever I had time, I would write and draw more pages. So one advantage I have over uh, working writers, I'm not sure how long they take to write their uh, comic book stories, maybe like three to five days or something, uh, mine would can drag out over a year. So I can really go carefully along and entertain every single possibility for the next scene and every uh, entertain every single possibility for for the ending. Um, and, and actually, you know, you get a, a good product by just slowly, deliberately moving forward. Uh, and that way uh, I can 
kind of deliver the best thing that I came up with over a period of a year rather than the best thing I can come up with in, in like five days. That sounds amazing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, what a dream come true. Yeah. Uh, That's awesome, Sean. Sean, thank you so much for coming on the show. Congratulations on the success of Wingman. Uh, I'm excited to check it out when it finally is available and not sold out. Uh, And good luck with everything. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on your show. I had a great time. Great to talk to you, Sean. Thanks. Take care. Bye. All right, there we go. Uh, once again, that's Aww. Sean Chen. <laughs> You're in a good mood, Pete. I like that. Pete's feeling good. Pete's his feeling good. Lip, his lips aren't poison ivied on either side right now. Yeah, no, he's just mostly poison ivy at this point. The poison Let ivy me... has taken over, so he's happier. Because Pete, he's what are you drinking? Is that some sort of elixir? Some sort of uh, healing, it, healing tincture? It's called uh, V-Dew. It's vodka and Mountain Dew. Oh, you huh. were inspired by the Duorita, weren't you, Pete? I was. Yeah, everybody keeps sending me that, which is fun. <laughs> what a fun um, reputation to have. Someone who's yeah. been waiting for the Duorita. Yeah, the rest of the internet. Oh, my God, why are you putting up a Mountain Dew margarita at Red Lobster? That's good. Pete, I'll make one at my for myself at home. <laughs> oh, I got to send that to my friend Pete. He oh, wants to cool. die by this. <laughs> <laughs> Pete almost died of poison ivy. Now it's time to die from Duritas. Yeah, uh, I actually think I'm allergic to Mountain Dew. I was uh, working at a theater like when I was in college, <laughs> and I had it was uh, I had a bunch of Mountain Dew, and I never drank it, and I was sick for four days. No, 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 that's regular. If you get past that, then you're set for life. Yeah, that's, you need to build up an immunity. It's like in the yeah. Princess Bride movie when he's like, "I built up an immunity to Mountain Dew." Mm. Exactly. <laughs> that was my Wallace Shawn impersonation. I mean, honestly, Alex, crushing it. <laughs> Do you know who else is crushing it? Is our next guest that I'm going to invite into our stream here. Uh, his name is Jerry Dugan. He is currently doing the Dukes. Mara- the Dukes. <laughs> is that what we're calling him? Uh, he's currently doing Marauders at Cable for Marvel Comics. Does a lot of other great books. I'm sure Pete is going to bring up Deadpool and oh, all yeah. things, ladies and gentlemen. Jerry Dugan. Hey, hey. how are hey. you? Look at uh, this! Good. You're at Comic Con. You're an artist yeah. alley somewhere. I have. Uh, I almost threw this out at the end of last con season. Uh, I had signed with a uh, comic sketch art, and they had our, their own banners made, and uh, it, it's ended up pretty useful, obviously, during uh, COVID. So, I mean, you le- legit look like you're at a Comic Con right now. It's actually it's oddly comforting to see you. I'm there. a professional. I'm a yeah. professional guy. No, no. I'm in a, I'm in a murder basement, so I'm a professional in a different way. Yeah. We all, you know, we all have our uh, layers. <laughs> uh, so, Jerry, you are very much living that and life right now. You're writing a couple of titles there. You guys are getting prepped for. I actually have a question: Is it X of Swords or Ten of Swords? What are, What are we going for with this one? It's pronounced the Hickman of Swords. It's the, it's, <laughs> it's Ten of Swords. Okay, ten of swords. All right. Uh, so there's ten of swords uh, is coming up, but do you want to talk about Marauders, which is not so stealthy a Kitty Pride book? Kitty Pride, many people's favorite character. I don't want to point to Alex's, anybody on the show. Alex's Pride. favorite. Alex. Yeah, sure. Uh, so very exciting for me. Maybe other people. Uh, what? What made before we talk about recent issues because there's a lot of big stuff that went on. What made her the right character to anchor this, and where? <clears throat> Did the initial idea of Pirate Kitty come from? Well, um, it goes back to uh, being in the uh, Marvel editorial retreat and hearing 
um, John's pitch for what he wanted to do to the X-Men and for the X-Men. And um, uh, I think it was the best story that I heard probably in that room ever. Wow. And uh, I had been noodling with a, a pirate story that I didn't think I was going to be able to um, exploit at Marvel. Um, you know, the thinking that maybe this would be uh, an image book or, or a spec or w- whatever it was. But then hearing John's story and going, oh, wow, there's <laughs> such there's, a cool There's room for there, pirates you know? here. Yeah, there's room. It was such a big, expansive idea that there was not just room for mutant pirates, but, you know, mutant magicians and, you know, X-Force and uh, a million other things that uh, we have yet to even break ground on. So um, I talked to John and Jordan, my, my editors, and uh, I, you know, CB has a uh, mutant blood in them and everyone <laughs> was like, this was not the sort of the f- first thing that we thought we'd hear or ever green light, but we immediately began working on it. That was 2018 now. And as for mm. why Kitty, Kate and Emma and Shaw, they all came to the party together and, and I think it was 129. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm an older reader. I'm a Gen X guy. I read, I met Kitty and then less than a year later, I really met Kate, uh, in days of future past. So Mm. these characters have spent a long time running around in my head and, uh, for, for pride, um, you know, she, her, uh, you know, that, that was a childhood dream of hers was to, uh, be a pirate, um, you don't have to know any of the deep cuts in order for to appreciate hopefully what we are uh serving up right now but um you know we're very proud of the work um i i'm glad it's landing uh you know the x fans have not disappointed uh i've i've been x adjacent f- for some time in the deadpool world and in uh uncanny avengers but this was obviously my first time really swinging uh, a stick there and uh you know i love my collaborators you know john is a uh, an amazing collaborator as uh, as are everyone in that in that room and i i you know I, I think we're making a pretty compelling line of comics uh so i'm uh i don't know i, I yeah uh, Agreed. Uh, Let me real quick. uh, You you mentioned how this X Men sort of universe can contain so many types of stories. Does it? Do you feel like it can contain almost anything? The way you guys are working, it feels like. Where are the borders of the X Men universe right now? That's a great question, and uh, it's one that um, you know we will push, uh, continue to push. I think. you know, the stories get bigger and bigger and the the stakes will get bigger and bigger. And, uh, you know, I have to be careful. Um, I'm not a great interview anymore. The more that I know, the more that I can ruin, the more that I shut up and clam up. But I recorded New York Comic Con today and that was like midway through Ten of Swords. So I was speaking as you know, some of the future was past tense. Um so it's, it's a, a great really time to story. trick you. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's. Uh, I mean, I, I could blurt <laughs> it all out and ruin it, and that would be that. But the the truth is, uh, Ten of Swords really uh, is a um, a big change um, and a and a wonderful story. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure 
it, it's a lot of extra work to be able to do a 22 chapter story like that. But uh, John and Tini uh, have cooked up a, a really cool story that we found so many cool things as we were going along plotting and writing and uh, ripping stuff up and, and putting new stuff down that was better. Um, I, I hope everyone responds to it the way that we do because we're we're fans too. You know, we we just got these Pepe pages in and, and pages from Noto and they're you know every, everyone's it's a dunking contest, but everyone's winning. Everyone's getting a ten. So. <laughs> uh, I want to just uh, quickly say I really appreciate your humor and your writing. It's really fun oh, to read you. your stuff. Um, but I wanted to ask before we kind of uh, get into some of my favorite Deadpool stuff that you've done. Um, <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit as a fan, like the fact that you get to sit in on these meetings where they talk about their ideas and what they've got coming up. Have you ever kind of thought to yourself, like, how the heck is that going to work? That doesn't sound like they could pull that off and then been pleasantly surprised. Has there ever been something you were like, no, I don't see the Hulk doing that. Yeah. There, there are always um, ideas that you hear that you, some of the ideas we hear we're being asked to bring something to, right? you know, in, in terms of a tie-in or how would you reflect that new status quo? Some of the ideas you hear, it's like uh, listening to like evil Knievel before he jumps snake river. And he's like, <laughs> and that's how I'm going to do it. And you're going <laughs> to, like, you go I, I, right. I, more power to you. I, I'm glad <laughs> I'm not on the bike with you, but I have always been um, pleasantly surprised by how, uh, the books turn out. Most of us will tell you an idea uh, and it will come out uh, the, hopefully the way we intended it as we verbally tell it, but it always is better coming back, you know, the boards come back, the art comes back, and we rewrite it, and so mm -hmm. even though I, I could tell you kind of how my Deadpool was going to go, for instance, but mm -hmm. I didn't really know how it was going to go until the art came back and, and my collaborators got to leave their mark on it. Uh, we always rewrite the scripts before we send it to letters because uh, it's infinitely better. Um, yeah. So there, there are stories, you know, but uh, I, I tell you, you know, listening to Al talk about Immortal Hulk, that was another uh, time when I was yeah, like, that's... oh, that, that's, he crushed that, you know, and uh, there are times, uh, too, especially with uh, Al's Hulk or even John's story, that was the only drawback to hearing John's story was going like, oh, I just had it spoiled. Like, you know. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. Yeah, I was like, as, as a longtime ex-reader, you know, that's the only bittersweet moment for me. But the rest of it has been such pure joy that... Um, you know, it feels like I'm making it up or lying, or, or but but it truly has been a a, a joy and a and a joy really to leave 2020 Earth and go to 2020 <laughs> Krakoa. You know, to yeah. to be able to have a a mental space that um, you can go and and decompress away from uh, some of our troubles is a, you know a unique privilege. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to be able to, that your escape is going to an Earth where uh, the characters are <laughs> being hunted and killed all over the planet, and that's yeah. like <laughs> the better option. Yeah, ah, like slipping into a warm option. bath. <laughs> the one with Doctor Doom is yeah. far, far better. Uh, you touched on this a little bit, and I, I know every project is different, but 
particularly with something like this, I'm really fascinated to hear about the coordination that's going on behind the scenes, because obviously Marauders is doing its own thing. You know, it's focusing on Kitty. You have Emmett in there. They're going on their own missions. But it really is almost more so than any point, I would say, in the X-Men history, where there is this progression of things that sees so carefully coordinated uh, certainly, I'm sure a lot of that is on Jordan, is on Jonathan Hickman, but that's got to blow back and that's got to come from you as a writer as well. So how does it work from your end? We um, we are we're working very, very um, closely in that, like, you know, I my phone might give me a notification now and I'll always check it in case it's someone on deadline that has a question about what is happening, where it, it obviously got a little bit more complicated in a covid world. Um, as schedules have slid and, and, you know, printers are shuttered or diamond is closed. Um, but we do have a schedule and we do have, uh, you know, like a writer's room, uh, in, in a, in a virtual space and we, it's all separated by channel and then our shared material, um, you know, it, it has special channels where we can tag each other and, and, and stuff and provide ref and, uh, it is. It's on the editors. It's on the bullpen uh, in the hardest way, but we try to make their lives easy. Um, in Ten of Swords, a lot of people have noticed now that um, some of the names have switched around. It's like seeing the E Street Band and then going, "Oh shit, Bruce is playing piano!" Like <laughs> you know, like we're we're all moving as we needed to. You know, Vita has uh, has an amazing issue of Marauders. Uh, I'm co-writing. Um, Wolverine and X-Force with Ben. He's co-writing two issues of Marauders with me. Um, And it all worked out. Uh, Some of that was just so that it was fun. Some of that was just so that it was a matter of practicality. I didn't want to have to do drafts, send them to Ben. As we were working side by side, it was much easier to go, let's do these one at a time because so much of what we have is is interconnected for, for Ten of Swords. It's so awesome to hear that. That reminds me of when I was a kid uh, reading the bullpen bulletins yeah. and being like, look, they all talk. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's neat. Uh, you know, New York was by necessity the, the epicenter of the comics world, largely because pre-internet, right, you had to like have you had to shoot these boards. They had to be there. Um, so to have a comics career, I think, a meaningful one in the big big two, you, you were in New York. And that's why, you know, there's stories from like, like Frank Miller and Walt Simonson had a studio and you hear about these parties when somebody was late on a deadline and all of a sudden they'd have an inking party, you know, where five, six pages all inked in one night, people passing around pages. Yeah. It's uh, it is the next best thing where obviously we're all over the world, especially when you factor in our, our artists, uh, we we truly are around the clock. There's usually depending. I work pretty late myself. Um, I I sleep late and then I work late. That's you know when when nobody is r- ringing me. That's when I get the most meaningful pages done. And there's always somebody in that Slack up at any <laughs> time, leaving someone a note. And uh, you know it's it's a it's a real good group of people to to be in a foxhole with and. Uh, not a uh, not an ego the best idea wins um you know that 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 type of thing it's the it's really a a a, a, dr- a dream gig uh i have a very specific question about slack 
Are there on on every Slack uh, like company Slack channel? There's always the channel where it's like nonsense. What's the Marvel? What's the X Office Slack channel that is the most nonsense? We have on the island. We have uh, the Green Lagoon. It's a tiki bar, and so that's (laughs) that's reflected uh, in in world in our Slack channel. If you have some shit posting, you do that in the you go there. Wow, it's great. Love it. Love to hear. I'm yeah. I was in there all day. Uh, I want to ask you about the last uh, well specifically about the last issue of Marauders but in general about the last arc where we're uh, spoilers for anybody who hasn't read through it so turn away now but uh, we finally found out a lot of what's going on with Kitty uh, why she wasn't able to be resurrected she was resurrected the last issue dealt with the aftermath of that Uh, there was speaking as a Jew myself there's a very big moment in there uh, that I was very touched by, where she gets her Jewish star back. Um, what what went into that scene? Why was that scene important for you as a writer? Uh, you know what? She was always um, written as an observant uh, Jewish character that uh, was important to her identity. Um, you know, it's a team. It's a it's a team book, but it, at that moment, it was heavily a, a Kate team book. It was just important to, as we are dis- discussing life and death, right, and how the mutants have solved for death, but how do you make that important to Kate? Well, we found a, numer- a numerology way to sort of tie that in, uh, and I thought that worked um, really well. Um, you know, I was happy with the way that that landed. I know uh, there there was... Kate. Look, Kate was dead longer than maybe we'd want it on the calendar than we'd anticipated uh, <laughs> on the calendar. Um, and, and that, that was an opportunity too, for me to be able to shift uh, that focus around. But, um, you know, I, I, um, I sent that script to uh, my buddy. Uh, he invited me. It, it was my first bar mitzvah. And then we talked about that. We talked about the, the 18 and the symbol of life and, uh, you know, I, I knew then that I had a little bit of lightning in a bottle, you know, that she w- would one day also probably get that inked on her wrist and have the marauder on the other. So she'll have life and death. Um, mm. You know, I, I think um, Dawn of X has been about um, hopefully giving gifts to these characters and then by extension, giving gifts to the fans. And, uh, you know, so to be able to let a character play out there. Uh, fantasy life, that dream life that they had. Uh, I forget, was it 138? I sometimes, I need to be looking at the cover. Uh, to, to, mm-hmm. But, you know, that was Kitty Pride's um, dream life, was to, to be a pirate. And uh, it's been a lot of fun to uh, make that a reality in this Krakoa era of uh, John's story. And um, so that's why it was important. It was important because it was important to her. Um, and I, I hope uh, I hope everyone got a, a, a kick out of it. I wanted to uh, circle back around a little bit. Uh, you had talked about the joy, uh, finding the joy in uh, writing and characters. For me, like when somebody takes over a character, like say a Deadpool, like finding the voice is super important because when you like a character, you want it to feel the same. <laughs> your, your, your buddies are shaking their heads. <laughs> yeah, I know. Never ending, going backwards. <laughs> Um, they have to deal with me for years. It's a long time. But anyways, yeah. my point is, what joy did you find in writing that character? Because it really came across 
as a reader, like that you were having fun? Was there something that you found in this character? Because it just seemed to really uh, click for you. Yeah, it, it was such a good fit. It was lightning in a bottle. Um, you know, I, obviously I'd um, worked a lot with uh, Brian Posehn um, before that. and uh, Comic know, genius. He, yeah, he remains, you know, one of my best buds. Uh, you know, we we had the up, you know, over the course of, boy, 50 issues, you know, it, it's a wild ride. And, uh, you know, I appreciated how hard he was working. Um on the road, you know, as, as my comics career took off and I was doing more shows, I was doing more scripts in hotel rooms. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is a drag but getting it done. But, but honestly, the, the joy of Wade and, and I guess maybe the interesting thing was, you know, we inherited him. Daniel left him in, in a real clean slate, which was, a um, yeah. important for me when, when I bounced too to be able to go, you can even the next administration can decide what he even remembers of what we did. But the, when we inherited Wade, he had um, two voices in his head. And then mm-hmm. in uh, behind the curtain, he had two voices whispering to him for one voice. Uh, so it, it was uh, a balancing act. And, uh, you know, Wade being able to sort of know something that, um, the reader also knew is fun. It provides context. Um, you know, uh, he's, he's, uh, I hope that, uh, I will have been as good to him or that we will, we were as good to him as he was to me. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it was, I didn't quite understand at the time, especially in that first year, what an opportunity it was. Um, I'm glad you dug it. Yeah, Uh, we have a question here in the comments from Pete's Punisher Slippers. How did Jerry feel when Posehn met his fate in The Mandalorian? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'm allowed to. I may be bending Brian's NDA, but, you know, he he called me after that shooting day and was like, I can't tell you what I just did, but I did something that I never thought I was going to (laughs) do. And I I almost guessed it. I was like, are you running around like in in a, you know, I thought it was going to be like, you know, like a like a trash bag alien or something, you know, like, so I was like, because I knew they were getting going on the series. And yeah. he was like, almost couldn't talk. Um, yeah, just really what a what a joy that is too. you know, the, the idea that um, it's fun. Now we're in an era when um, I think in pop culture with Star Wars, with comics, um, you see some interesting things from some creators uh, who have spent a long time thinking about it. Um, yeah. It's all thoughtful. Whether you agree with the decision or not, you are seeing sort of what happens when a, f- uh, a fan becomes a creator and is either precious or not precious about the material. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, to that end, you talked about this a little bit as being a fan of Kate, being a fan of the X-Men. Uh, is there anything else in that realm that you haven't quite gotten to do yet, either Marvel, another comics company uh, that you'd be gunning to do at some point or would be a dream job? You know, um, I was not sure after Guardians um, uh, that what I was going to do at all at Marvel. I, I, I was sort of thinking about maybe dusting off some specs and going back to TV or waiting oh, wow. for the right thing to 
happen. Uh, you know, I, I didn't. Uh, some of the other things that I would like to do, I knew were just getting going on long runs that have been incredible. So to be able to be reunited with with Jordan on what is uh, unquestionably my favorite um, group of characters, and to be able to tell stories that don't that are additive to the world and aren't making anyone wince, especially John, you know, where, where he's got this story that he's telling, but it's so big that it accommodates, uh, you know, he built a nation. He didn't necessarily know what all the counties in that nation were, you know, uh, and was grateful that we could, uh, you know, plant something of our own in those places. And, you know, I, I think it's it's going to continue. Uh, we hit it. Like, I feel confident that we hit it. And I think, uh, you know, uh, we began in 2018. I'm I'm actually even further out now than 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 that in terms of like oh. where the headspace mm-hmm. is going and where we think the stories will go. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting place to, to tell stories and to read stories. So if you're if you're. This is, you know, the the real thing that I'd ask anyone that um, is enjoying the books is to pre-order them because it takes the guesswork out of the retailer. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, especially with X of Swords, the way that this is going to shake out is, you know, we're probably, you know, some of these issues are going to be in the reprint game, and so people may be waiting for their chapters. Pre-order these books, and, uh, you know, it's voting with your money. It's going to make your retailer's life easier. Well, well, I mean, to that end, I don't know if you can talk about this necessarily, but is there is there an end point for this story, or is it just open-ended at this point, seeing where it goes? Uh, you know, that's... Um, uh, I had heard things, but until they happen, they don't happen. So it's... Uh, <clears throat> my, my guess is, um, you know, uh, as a general rule, it'll be... John will use his own instinct about what's what, but um, you know, right now we're we're just uh, enjoying uh, hitting print on these comics. I know that's <laughs> a, a vague, uh, non-answer, but it's the only one I can give. No, it's fine. I mean, to be perfectly honest, this question came up kind of naturally, but earlier today I was thinking about this because I feel like this comes up in a lot of interviews we do where it's like, hey, I love the thing you're doing. When are you going to be done with it? (laughs) (laughs) When do you wrap? When can I? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's funny. I mean, you know, I see sometimes, uh, you know, they're, people can end up sort of uh, accidentally stumping for jobs that are not theirs. I've always tried to be really sensitive about that. You know, when someone asks like, well, what's the dream job? I'm lucky in that right now, this is the dream job. You know, if I were not a part of the X-Men universe, I would not be saying I want to be, Uh, you know, I'd just be happy to be on the outside a fan, but that's deeply what's inside of me was, uh, you know, the, the, the mutants were, uh, my my go to, uh, you know, some 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 of my buddies were FF readers primarily. Some were Avengers. I was I was X. You know, on the we would um, new comic book day. I think was Saturday back back then when I was riding to wow. comic shops uh, in in New wow. Jersey on ten speeds. Either that or they just weren't putting the books out till Saturday. But <laughs> they were to go. 
Um, uh, I just wanted to quickly say you brought up Guardians, and that was really an amazing run. And uh, the oh, use of Galactus was really just fantastic. So thank you uh, for yeah. that. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, that was um, – I went into uh, that uh, assignment, that gig – thinking that I would have as long as, as I had on Deadpool. So it was, um, you know, a good lesson for me too. And, and how to accordion story, um, when, you know, I found out that the runway was going to be a little bit shorter than I wanted, uh, but everyone at Marvel really did, um, a lot of gymnastics to make sure that like, I got to tell that story in one way or the other became infinity countdown and, and uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, infinity wars. Um, it was fun. Like, yeah, I, I had a lot of uh, fun in Cosmic Marvel. <laughs> yeah. uh, looking forward, is Marauders at this point just running straight into Ten of Swords? Is there more story to tell about Kitty and the mysteries around her with Krakoa? Where are we heading with that? Yeah, there's, um, you know, we've seen now, uh, uh, you know, for a while, Kate was uh, diminished and then has risen and... Uh, you know, I, I think uh, we set the table for Shaw uh, to have a, um, a, a moment of justice. Uh, so I, I think, um, you know, in December, you'll uh, we release that cover. Um, we've been lying to you on covers for a long time, but uh, wow. that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty uh, I was going to say that's a as truthful a cover as I will ever sign. Uh, with my mm. name on it uh you know we mm. will do that but then there there is a lot more hellfire um you know it's fun to uh world build it's fun to world build with your friends and it's these are characters who are world building themselves and so um you know a lot more marauders the you know the um i, I you could argue if the sales were to maintain um, the, you know, there could be a Marauders probably for uh, during this John era for for sure. And you know, the one of the goals of the pitch of saying, "Hey, here's uh, a comic book that isn't a legacy title," is to make a new X Men legacy title. And I think we've been, you know, I, I guess only time will tell. I hope we've been. Um, successful in that i hope someday after long after we're gone marvel may go hey remember we did a marauders comic yeah, like, we, we what's the reimagination? Take. yeah <laughs> what's the yeah what's the reimagination of, yeah. of that and uh, that's cool we still i you know i don't I really these days especially i'm not paying too much mind to anything online but i still get people angry that that kate grabbed the marauders name uh, to, for the team, just sort of blurted it out. Uh, it made it made perfect sense to me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the only the one. Other that pirates, had man. To make, yeah, had to make sense. Of, you know, for yeah. it was me. So, yeah. uh, and on the other side of the fence, you uh, have done such great work over at Image, your indie comic books, your independent titles. Um, do you have anything like that on the back burner, the front burner? Yeah, actually, COVID has done some weird things to the publishing world. So, some things that were sort of on the slow boat sped up um, <laughs> and, uh, and some other things that seemed like they were humming along uh, may have slipped off a little bit, but yes, a lot more um, creator owned stuff. Uh, all of it, I believe through image um, 
you know, they haven't turned me down. They've been such good partners through uh, the the good times and the rough times. And uh, yeah, the first one is probably going to be announced later this month uh, because we're going to do advanced solicitations for the book market. So uh, it's a one shot OGN uh, in the, uh, pulp format or November format, the, uh, the those uh, hardcovers probably at a sixteen ninety nine price point. Okay, I'm going to experiment nice. with that, and then there may be a Kickstarter or two uh, that that I might uh, do just to be able to sort of get the books that are now a little bit slower in progress to be able to put uh, the wind in their sails. Um, so I got to figure that out. That's cool. a whole, that's a whole full-time job. Yeah. Time to yeah. do it. Uh, before we go, we do have a future um, job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we do have a question here over on crowdcast uh, from stray bullet. When cable started dating all the sisters, did he know he was doing that or did he think they were all Sophie? They're, he's a telepath too. He's not a great telepath. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't, um, yeah, there's not a lot of secrets uh, there. Um, Cable is, um, you know, it's going to be great because of Phil, but I, I think by the time we um, tell our story there, you know, that will be, a, I think for me and for Phil, a, a pretty personal story. Um, you cool. know, we, we are the fathers of young kids who are starring in their in their own teen stories, which have been impacted by this uh virus but um yeah that's that's a lot of fun and on like i don't know who's current on it but in the last issue that we uh that hit stands you know there's only one cable you know it's if the kid killed the old man the kid's gonna grow up to be that old man that knew that the kid was gonna yeah plug him so yeah. uh yeah it was a crazy inheritance you know i wouldn't have um in fact, I think when when Ed was talking about that in the room, uh, I, I remember going, "I don't know if that's really what you want to be doing with <laughs> yeah. with cable." And I was wrong, and I was very glad that he didn't listen to me because of all the characters <laughs> that have looped yeah. back on themselves, I was surprised to see like, "Oh, cable's going to do a be young and loop again in the way." way. But I, I got to say, it's a different version, and in a way that feels like like a different thing. There's, uh, you know, a couple of issues of Cable in Ten of Swords uh, that are great. And then the stuff on the other side coming out of, you know, f- for what happens to him in that story will have a really, um, it, le- it leaves a mark on him in a, in a great way. Inexperienced heroes are great. Like they're, you know, if you give me a doomsday scenario and you put Old Man Cable in front of it, you know, I, I have a pretty reasonable assumption that he's going to be able to solve that. You know, the kid may screw it up. And, you yeah. know, yeah. I, I've uh, we've managed also for a kid cable book. We've had quite a bit of old cable content in it. <laughs> um, but uh, you got to get so, some scars on that kid. Get some mm-hmm. scars on him. Eventually. Right. Like, he's got to earn them. He's got to earn them yeah. the hard way. That's yeah. right. Uh, Jerry, thank you so much for coming on. Congratulations oh gosh, on yeah, thank you. and everything else. I'm so glad this, uh, this worked out. Uh, uh, you know, this was a real treat and, uh, you know, some, sometime when you're back up on your feet, uh, and doing these live and I'm in Manhattan for Comic-Con or a Marvel retreat, uh, 
you know, it'd be fun to see you guys again. So we'd love to. Oh, man. It's so great to talk to you. Yeah. Thank you Thanks, so much. Sherry. Thank Have you. A good night. Keep living yeah, that con life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Oh. I cut him off. Oh, oh, something. Oh, it's gonna be a you good monster. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know. Itchy quick. trigger finger. I'm uh, sorry. Itchy screw finger is what they say. Oh man. Uh, so what great. was he going? He was just gonna be like, and that's the secret to life. <laughs> he was gonna go like this and fuck Alex Alvin. <laughs> oh, I will see you all at McHale's. Yes. Yes. Uh, that's. Uh, so yes, everybody go read Marauders. It's great. Go read Cable. It's great. Go read the rest of Jerry Dugan stuff. Uh, and folks, we're going to move to our next section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up. It's your audience question. And for that, you all what figured are you out how this works. Well, oh, we're going to start off with what you're drinking. Uh, but if you are wanting to ask a question, drop it in the comments on YouTube. Also on the tube, give us a little bit of thumbs up. We always like those likes there. If you're over on Crowdcast, you can just drop those questions and ask a question, as I've seen many of you doing. Uh, Pete, you are drinking uh, Death Juice, I believe. always taking the cue when we go to audience questions to shout the first question. (laughs) (laughs) A true member of the audience. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I'm drinking V-Do, as we established. Justin looks like he's drinking a lovely beer. Are you having a uh, Sculpin? I was drinking a Sculpin uh, earlier. Very good. Love a Sculpin. Love a Sculpin. But I just switched over to something weird that I wouldn't normally drink. Uh, mm. It's this uh, 1911 Hopped Cider. Uh, yeah, I do that too. I'll drink a drink that I like that I know is good, and then I'll try something because you've got one in you. It's not as bad, you know. Exactly. There are no rules now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the, 1911 is this. Um, it's a place out of a, the Beacon Skiff Orchard in Syracuse, New York. I was upstate last week, and we stopped there. Uh, and 1911 cider is very good, and this was just something they had on the at the orchard because we went apple picking. And of course, I walked oh, wow. out of there with some alcohol. Uh, good stuff. It is good. It's it's cider, but it's got just a little bit of like hoppy edge to it, and it's tasty. Oh, that does sound good. Uh, I'm having a life in the clouds double duty hopped double dry hopped IPA. Wow. Pretty good. Very nice. Yeah. You're always chasing the next hop high, Alex. I need it bitter. That's what yeah. I need. Uh, hey, before we get into it, I want to give a birthday shout out to Radlam. Over on yeah. YouTube, happy birthday, Radlam. Happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday, Radlam. Radlam is turning 30, said oh. it was, uh, so he guesses it's a XXX birthday. There you go. Yeah. To the 10 X uh, swords. Very cool. Triple happy X. Happy birthday. Tens, tens, tens. That is my favorite movie series as well. Uh, all right, let's go to the yep. first question here on Crowdcast Always from Omnia Soul. I know Pete rewatched Cowboy Bebop during the start of quarantine. Do the mm. other hosts have a favorite anime? Also, do any of the hosts read manga? And what's some of your favorites? Zalbs loves manga, especially cooking stuff. That is true. <laughs> I, I haven't read a lot in a while, uh, but I got my daughter hooked on Iron Walk Jan, which is a cooking yep. manga about a guy who is insane and goes in cooking competitions. So that was pretty good. Uh, Death Note is great. Uh, Death Note, I read, I've read uh, that. Pluto and, uh, oh gosh, I don't know. I guess I could look at my bookcase behind me, but that, that's what I got offhand. Anime, I haven't really watched. Oh, Wow. Sorry. Yeah, I haven't watched a ton either. Um, I one other we what was that? There's a comic, the fencing uh, sort of manga style comic we read. Yeah, fence we read for a while. That was fun. Yeah, Um, but I also not haven't watched a lot of. 
You know what my big problem, I don't know if this is your problem too, Justin, is the idea of sitting down and saying, I'm just going to relax and watch 300 episodes. It just uh, seems like a lot, you know? Uh, yeah. Um, it's just everything to watch. Um, and that, that also feels like, uh, and from my perspective anyway, a, a more impenetrable thing where I'm like, I've so many recommendations of so many different entry points. It's like, which door do I take first kind of a thing? Yeah. I did. Uh, Beer Cat PhD mentions the Attack on Titan anime. Mm. Um, I think I like the manga better than that. I did actually watch the anime of that, and I thought it wasn't oh, quite as good after the first couple of episodes, so I bailed. Um, mm. Maybe I'm mixing them up, though, but there you go. Uh, all right. Over on the tube, uh, got a question here from Anthony Latch. If you could ever, if you could see the Alfreds tackle any property ever, all Reds, not the Alfreds. I thought it was like Alfred. All of the Butlers? All the Butlers. <laughs> if you could see a bunch of Butlers tackle any... No, if you could see the All Reds tackle any property ever, who would their art style be best suited for? Ooh, mm. good question. I mean, they're uh, so, like, throwback. Have they ever done Archie? Oh, my God, Pete. Jesus Christ. You just barely survived Pies and Ivy. Stop killing your body with absolute vodka. Yeah. Uh, have they ever done Archie stuff? They have to, right? That feels. Like I a would perfect think fit. at least a cover or something. Yeah, um, I would think uh, that definitely fits. And honestly, like talk about like edging toward Riverdale, the Allred style has such like a little bit of like this is unsettling to it. Mm-hmm. Like get them on an Archie book, it'll be right there. Yeah, that's a great idea. Pete, do you have one? Like a real Ginchy Punisher book or something? No, <laughs> no, not into it. I don't know. Give me, give me that big action uh, team book. Give me the All Red Justice League. Like I know, oh, yeah. Ecstatics and X Force uh, mm-hmm. sort of had that vibe. That would be cool. I, like I'd love to see that on like sort of the uh, the more quote unquote serious uh, big action teams in each universe. Nice. Uh, this is from Ben the Border Collie. Any favorite recent and/or all-time comic covers? Ooh, there's a lot of great comic covers. Damn. Man. I mean, there's the all-star Superman one with Superman sitting on a cloud. That's a classic. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good pretty one. good. Um, oh, I, I, I feel so like, many. I feel like, uh, my taste is in the sort of early nineties comic covers where it was sort of the mid form where it wasn't a composed piece of art. It was still like a little bit like a comic page with the, like, a uh, very melodramatic moment where the hero is about to be killed. Like a bunch of dark hot covers come to mind like that. Uh, like, I, I miss that style of cover in general. I, I don't know. Like uh, the Batman covers lately have been really killing it for me. They've been doing like a lot of fun kind of like old school stuff and all like where it's like, uh, you know, just kind of action on the cover, but also they've done like some really great, almost like painting stuff. Of like Batman the City that have really been fantastic as well. You know, it was uh, we talked about this on the stack, but a really, really good recent cover was that Wonder Woman issue where she was facing down the robot, yeah. and it was just sort of red eyes in the darkness, and oh, she's yeah. super tidy looking it up. Uh, that, great, great stuff. Uh, yeah. Give me some of that classic uh, Dave McKean uh, back in the day, like Sandman and the Dreaming and all that. Love that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, there's another, uh, I want to say his name's Tony Robinson. They did a bunch of Starman covers um, mm-hmm. that were like super painted and like uh, really uh, 
I don't know, like red, a lot of reds and greens. Really loved all those. Yeah, someone gave Superman versus Mama Ali. Uh, that was a huge, amazing cover. And also, uh, what was the one where, like, you have the super team. I don't remember which super team it is, but there's the super team. They've been beaten by the villain. They're all kind of, like, lying, strewn over the ground. Like, he's uh, he or she, the villain, is standing on them, and they've been beaten, and they're all sort of, like, lying there in a pile, and the villain's on the top. What's that one? Hmm. That one cover that's like that? Yeah, yeah. I think um, it's all of them. I think you're talking about all of them. Oh, yeah, all of them. Thanks, Pete. That's what it is. Uh, <laughs> took a second. Uh, Nelson Martinez <laughs> says, <laughs> anything in particular you guys are looking forward to in The Mandalorian Season 2 after the trailer dropping today? Oh, my God. How many times do you guys watch that fucking thing? Mando! Mando. I watched it one time, Mando. Just once. Mando. I I zipped through. Mando. I zipped through a second time to capture a gif. Come on. (laughs) Mando, come over here and watch this trailer once and then let's go because we're adults. They they all love Baby Yoda, Mando. (laughs) Not Baby Yoda. Uh, But I just. Oh, I'm sorry. The child. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, what a great. He doesn't believe the hype. (laughs) <laughs> what a great start. Like, you're like, oh, shit, there's the ship. And then you're like, oh, shit, the ship is in trouble. Uh, just like, oh, I just love the setup. <laughs> uh, such a cool reveal. I'm so excited for this season. Pete, you burn Alex. You gave him verbal poison ivy. He's broken right now. <laughs> that was the most mean comment possible. What are you looking forward to most for Mandalorian Season 2? So many things happen in the trailer. I'm looking forward to the ship in the first second of the trailer. Yeah. He's I detail, honestly man. don't believe you watch beyond the first second of something or the first page. Is that true, Pete? Do you that, go beyond that? Yes, I do, you son of a bitch. Uh <laughs> But usually uh, first images are the most powerful. That's why I hang on to them. But, man, when mm. it went black and he just okay. whooped ass, that was also really cool. Yeah. Pete, what are you looking forward to? Boots! Want to see all the boots they <laughs> boots. wear? <laughs> boots and shoelaces! <laughs> Uh, yeah, I liked how much it held back on information. You know, I we talked about this before, but as much as possible, I wanted to just stay simple stay separate it it, you know raises a little bit of alarm bells that they're like you have to go looking for the jedi find the jedi he's like space sorcerers i don't know about that so it it kind of feels like we're getting into an area where it's eventually going to link up to being a normal star wars live action type thing but Hmm. the footage at least interesting alex you don't think that this let it stay on its own and continue to tell uh, innovative unrelated (laughs) stories or is everyone going to be a fucking palpatine cousin in a couple minutes yeah, by the end of the season, what I as long as they got Sudeikis in there punching babies, we're set. Absolutely, uh, and get rid of Gina Carano. That would be nice as well. No! Uh, uh, Pete, you got to read her Twitter feed. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Oh no! Come yeah, on. Yeah, very bad. I'm sorry. Why? Wow. This Why? Is, I mean, here's the upside. It's in Star Wars, right? So if they no. want to pull up Poochie and say she died on the way back to her home planet, it actually fits in continuity. I love so much on the, our show when uh, Alex just tells Pete the news, <laughs> and Pete's like, what? I've been too busy thinking about these boots in the Mando series. <laughs> Fuck me, man. Uh, so pissed. I had so yeah. much hope. I believed in her. 
Yeah. yeah. Wait till Alex tells Listen. you what coronavirus is. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to shit your pants. <laughs> it's very bad, Pete. I don't want to yeah. get into it right now. Uh, yeah. Agitator over on YouTube says, I still want to see Carl Weathers walk into the room like, Mando, you son of a bitch. Uh, I agree. Carl and, Weathers. Uh, that's all a chance of that happening. Carl yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I think it'd be like I'm low key this season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mendo. Uh, Mendo, I have laryngitis. Yeah, Mendo. Oh. Uh, yeah, there we go. All right, uh, great questions. Let's go over here again. I wonder. Woman says, "I wonder is Batman skilled enough to take down a random criminal with one punch, or is he bad at fighting crime?" <laughs> wow. Uh, I think we're talking about the Batman here, right? In the scene where he just beats the shit out of some dude. Could be. I, I think I think he's trying to make a point, personally. Well, I yeah, I mean, what people keep bringing up to me is it's still young Batman, and he hasn't trained, and he hasn't, so he's just mm-hmm. angry guy in the street. So it's not the... He's got those know, uh, soft young man fists. Yeah, a lot of cookie yeah, dough hands. Anything, yeah, they don't get hurt. The thing is... Punching someone, the only time you can really punch someone and, and that's only one punch is when they don't see it coming. If you're a, a criminal is like like ready to get with you, spar with you or fight, like mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna take a punch or two. Exactly. Uh so yes, I think he can. I uh, fought crime from- for years and it, it was hard <laughs> to get the one punch game going. Yeah. One punch man over here. Uh, I don't know what that's a reference to, Pete, because I don't watch anime. Uh, Pete's Punisher Slippers uh, says there was a villain called Pacepot Pete who mm-hmm. notably renamed himself the Trapster to seem more menacing. Can you think of another character who could use a rename to improve their image? Hydra Man and Stilt Man come to mind as not very menacing. Penance? 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 Yeah, that's Penance. very called Speedball. That's a rename from Speedball. Speedball right. is less menacing than Penance. Mm. No? Yeah. No. Uh, Pete, you're as as a sort of a paste pot Pete. You're more of an aloe jar Pete. Like, what yeah. would you want your nickname to be uh, to inspire more fear? Mm. Your code name. I guess uh, Pete's Punisher slippers would be my answer. Oh man, mm, nice, strong choice. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you think Doctor Doom's a little stale? Maybe he Come should on. freshen it up a little bit. Come on, it is Doom pretty box? silly. Like, why would Doctor Doom? He's like, oh, I'm gonna really my my face is messed up. I'm gonna wear this mask. I'm gonna become a. Uh, I'm gonna rule the world. Why do I need the doctor title? Right. Let, let the doctor. Doom is fine. Let the doctor it go. He's, he's be Doom. Yeah. He's that smart. He gets to put a doctor on it. But he's he the kind of guy that he's got his like flying ship and it's still got MD plates on it, so he can park close <laughs> to the Kinneys or whatever <laughs> that <is> CVS. <laughs> Kinneys, where are you? Upstate. Upstate. Stray Bullet points out, I mean, he went to school and earned it. This is true. He did not go to four years of Doom Medical School to be called Mr. Doom. You know what I'm talking about? Classic joke construction right there. (laughs) (laughs) Get that joke construction out there. And guys, Mm -hmm. we obviously should stick around the crowdcast because we break down all of our best joke construction (laughs) after every episode of the show. 
uh, Beer Cat PhD uh, Raz PhD yeah. Beer Cat PhD <laughs> yeah. in the name. How would yeah. she know? Oh, oh, yeah. okay. oh, all right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, haven't you ever thought about just being Beer Cat? Come on, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Beer Cat PhD. Uh, this is from Joe. Say you all got to make a Batman movie, but the one rule is you all you all have is it cannot be set any year that you have been alive for. When is your Batman movie set? Wow. Ew, gosh, I mean, we've been yeah. alive for a real yeah. long time. It gives guys. you guys a lot of options as the younger right. member here. Like, I've been I, alive since 1938 when Superman was first. <laughs> <introduced>. <laughs> yeah, you were the guy that said it's a bird, it's a plane, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then the other guy got to say it's Superman. I was like, God damn it. Well, you had two guesses and you were wrong both times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was clearly not a, it's clearly not a bird. Yeah. What's the human guy in the air? Is that a bird? Because here's the thing, birds are up in the air So my first guess, bird Second, I'm like, yeah, it could be a plane really far away Because it looks tiny But yeah. it's, uh, and then turns Other out I was like, no, it's super bad I was like, alright, there's a flying guy now <laughs> Thanks, man It's 1938 um, I, I, did a, I did this character show um, I did a joke And the, uh, the idea that Superman was first flying around He had a whole other name for himself And then some guy on the ground's like Look, it's Superman and he's like, oh, I was going to be Cal the Mighty or whatever. And now I got to go by Superman because some asshole on the street is throwing this shit out. Yeah, Man, poor guy. Poor Assholes Cal. Assholes on the streets ruining everything. So wait, let's get back to the question, though. If you could do Batman set any time other than when you've been alive, when would it be? Uh, Pete, that also counts for like a week from now when you die of poison ivy. Yeah, I was going to say 2021 is when I'm going to set mine. Yeah, Batman of the Future. Let's see yeah. what that guy has to say. Uh, I mean, there's been so many Elseworlds versions of this. Um, I'm going to throw it out to uh, Leatherwing, Batman the Pirate, in uh, mm-hmm. like 16th century, floating around. Uh, uh, maybe Catwoman. as a shout out to uh, Spawn the Dark Ages, I would do a Batman Dark Ages. Mm. Uh, Gotham by Gaslight is also pretty good if you want to go Victorian London or something like that Uh, but uh, we've kind of talked around this a lot on the show when we talked about Batman I'd love to see like not 66 Batman but early 70s Batman or something like that where there was just Adam West West, well past that like a little last time we don't need to make fun of it but he can have fun. There could be weirdness and strangeness at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Motorcycles, yeah. cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Grainy yeah, pun- footage. Sure. Grainy footage. That's what I want to see. <laughs> or the or you could do like a new frontier era Batman. That would be fun as well. Uh, question from Nelson Martinez. With the additions of Storefront and Eagle the Archer, are there any other new soups you guys want to see show up in the boys this season? Uh... I what mean, do you think, Justin? Um, here's the thing. There's yeah, a lot of characters. The There's a lot of characters shooting around that show. Um, so, Justin, I uh, I feel good about the number of characters in the show. Would you say that maybe there's some coming up we should be excited about? This this season of the boys is excellent. I've said it from the jump. Uh, get excited, stay excited. It's it's great. But what I mean, what they can't fire you if you said uh, maybe a character that's going to be on the show. I can I can tell you one that the news is already out about that's coming up later on in the season. Do you want to know, Pete? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sean Ashmore is going to be Lamplighter. Ooh. They announced that before the season, so that's pretty cool because they bounced around and hinted about that for quite a bit. 
Um, interesting to see him go from an Iceman to a Fireman. So I don't know how I'm going to wrap my brain around that one. Uh, it's um, going to be hard, man. It's, yeah, gonna yeah, be it's the really? same way you accidentally you're pouring yourself a drink and you just light a fire in it rather than put an ice cube mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. I did that the other night. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so that'll be fun. <laughs> yes, Pete's Punisher Slaver says this is the episode where Alex delivers the news to Pete. <laughs> That's it's true. Always a part of our show. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I'm also I'm excited about the season three announcement. Jensen Ackles is playing Soldier Boy next season. Yes, uh, which seems super fun to have a little bit of a supernatural reunion going on there. And we're gonna get that season way sooner than I thought. Anyway, mm, like ooh. they are, it's it's moving. Cool, interesting. Are they shooting now? Uh, I don't think so, but uh, I think it's 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 in the it's going. How about next week? Are they shooting next week? I don't know. I'm not part of that. <laughs> oh, okay. Just, uh, based on what, the, what I've heard, though, about the Vancouver opening up and everything, this is not insider information. This is regular information. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ooh. Interesting. Uh, I have some insider information I can share about the boys. Here we go. Do I don't. I don't know if this is true. Do it. But there might be some more of the boys, like not just the boys, but another show that might come off of that. Maybe. Hmm. I don't know. It sounds like a great idea. Are you talking about Inside the Boys, the after show? Nope, nope. A third show, actually. Another Uh, show. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, Like uh, That's something that maybe I've heard. I don't know if it's actually going to happen or not, but clearly it's a big enough hit. I'm sure... There, it's something that Prime Video that Amazon is talking about, uh, depending on the ratings for this season. But I think that'll be very interesting. I don't know what direction they would go in. Herogasm after dark, yes, just a nonstop fuck fest on Amazon. That would be perfect. That's my dream. Yes. Uh, all right, there we go. Uh, next one, uh, or last one, actually, from Kevin. Expanding on from Deadpool, who started as a parody before being fleshed out into Merc with a Mouth? Who are some of your other favorite characters with parodic origins? Mm. Well, uh, Slapstick was a character, uh, a four-issue series from Marvel back in the day that I really liked. And then I was so surprised to see uh, him appear in Deadpool. Yeah, Edward Doherty nailed it on Ninja Turtles. Mm. Um, sure. Were, were they? <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm trying to think like through, through the continuity there because no, they, they were they created to make fun of Marvel and what was happening. That's the whole thing behind the foot is making fun of the hand, right? And they, and they were, but it was like, still even the first couple of comics were way more serious than people remember. Oh, it's super serious, but they were still doing it as a mock. Yes. I would call it more a satire than parody. Piece. Oh, wow. Oh, literature. <laughs> news Whatever, in your face. Cornell, get off my fucking nuts. Yeah. Get uh, off well, my Ithaca nuts, <laughs> yeah. says Pete. Yeah. I remember uh, back at Cornell, we'd be like, you know, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are satire, not parody. And over at the college, they would say, I like pizza and I love being a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then we'd be waiting in line truth. at the hot truck going, give me a PMP, please. Thank you. There's a lot of truth to that in relation to these graduates that I'm talking about <laughs> right here. Uh, that's right. Your thesis was on um, turtle power, right, Alex? Uh, yes, exactly. And how to make it more accessible to middle America. And wow. Pete, your thesis was on um, uh, Cornell people being on your nuts, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
Uh, just a quick note here before we wrap up. Uh, Radlam says, Justin works on the boys. Now I need to see that show. Uh, Justin works on Inside the Boys. Inside the Boys. Let's not the get crazy. The after show. Yeah. Uh, but it's still, it's great. Uh, it's I've great. Seen a lot still of, part of it. Still a part of it. I've seen a lot of uh, buzz about that show. I feel like people are watching it and talking about it and excited about it. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think so as well. It is um, it's a really different after show because they get into shit so much so that our comments on Amazon's page have been overtaken by a lot of Trump uh, Trump people, which is pretty wild um, because the show is very satirical and very uh, critical of uh, corporate power and uh, racism and all these things and. The fact that people are like, I love the boys, but this show that calls out the boys for what it is, is too much for me. (laughs) Uh, Well, so let's talk about this for one second before I move on, because the same sort of thing is happening with the boys in the comments on the main show as well, where I randomly like scrolled down. I don't even know why I did this and looked at the rating on Amazon there and people were mostly pretty uh, I don't know. I was trying to journalism. figure out where the app journalism, uh, and it was rated really lowly and I was very surprised. And most of the comments were like, what the fuck? Why are there only three episodes? Why did you put the whole thing? This sucks. But then there were also a lot of people railing against it. And it's kind of fascinating in this microcosm of what we talk about a lot with superhero fiction, where it feels like there's a lot of people that just watch it or read it, but don't in intake any of the lessons and particularly with something with the boys it's not like yes blowing up whales is cool ripping off heads is cool it's power corrupts and these things make people do bad things well even more specifically i don't know how anyone can watch it so show and be like homelander yeah he gets it <laughs> i'm that guy and like maybe people are doing that but i i do think people people are absorbing it I think this, the backlash is more about some sort of targeted, probably Facebook group that is like, yeah. you know, like let's comment bomb these shows to show just for something to do. Um, because like there's very little anti specific anti Trump or anti Christian uh, specific things in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a comment here from Beth, the border colleague quote. I also like breast milk. Some Baca guy. <laughs> Truth. Very funny. Truth. Uh, well, that's kind of like how people would watch the Cole Bear show, the old show on Comedy Central, and be like, that guy's awesome. He's not doing a character. Right. Or I like uh, watch old Nazi videos on YouTube and be like, you know what? They have some interesting <laughs> ideas. <laughs> Come on. Stop doing You're that. Famous. You're famous. Stop for doing, doing that. that bit, please. <laughs> no, Alex does a lot of great cultural commentary with an occasional not pro Nazi video tossed in. <laughs> All right, folks, we're going to move to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we are going to turn it over to Pete LePage. Oh, Pete LePage. <laughs> the not itchy star of trivia. Oh, no. Frankie yes. Castle Forever has hand up. Can't, can't not pick it. Yeah. All right, Frank and Castle forever. Let's get this over go. This is going to be fun because here's the thing. Today's trivia is on topical comic news. And uh, if you get all three questions right. Let's just wait a second. You have to wait until the person's in the feed. You invite them in. Do you know who this is, Pete? Hello. Hello. Hey, hey. 
First time able to see the screen. Love you guys. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Uh, So, Pete, give him a chance to win a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics. Take it away. All right. Great. So I'm going to read you a question, listen to all three possible answers, get all three questions right. $25 will be yours in the form of a Midtown gift card for online shopping so you can stay safe. All right. Today's trivia is on topical comic news. Question number one. Marvel is celebrating 50 years of whom in December? Is it A, Dupe, B, Conan, or is it C, Christopher Walken? (laughs) So it's either A or it's B. B it is. B it is. B is correct. Dupe. Yeah, there's a a Conan king-size issue coming out in December. Should be pretty cool. All right, here we go. Question number two. The new Batman character, Clown Hunter, has thought to be whom? Is it A, Damon Wayne? B, Damon Wayne. Damon Damon Wayne. Damon Wayne Jr. Jr. Yeah, no. (laughs) Damon Wayne. uh, Or is it B, Batmite? Or is it C, Tina Fey? So, A... Or you it's could be a, wrong. Even yeah. though I think the writer said no on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was revealed on Twitter that no, stop it. Knock it off. <laughs> yeah. it you is. got out topical by topical comic news. Yeah, that's right. All right, here we go. Last one. Who returns in Eternals number two, which is also out this December? Is it A, Thanos, B, Silver Surfer, or is it C, Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> so it's either a Thanos or you don't get twenty five dollars. A Thanos. A Thanos great. is correct. Woo! Great stuff. Yes. I got nothing on the, the secret C game either. Oh, all right. Well Kevin That's is correct right. as always. It's man of the year. Uh, what is your oh, is yeah. your actual name uh Frankie Castle Forever? Because like that's a <laughs> I almost named my daughter that. Yeah, it's very common here on the West Coast. No, it's uh, Jeff Whaley. Nice. Thanks, Jeff, Thanks, Jeff for coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't appreciate an email. <laughs> <laughs> I don't appreciate it, but I appreciate you. Yes. Uh, shoot us an email at comicbookclublive at gmail.com. We'll get you set up with the gift certificate. And have a great night. Sounds like good. Cool room Later, Jeff. All right. Uh, okay, folks. As we all know, tomorrow is new comic book day. We recommend you go wherever is safe to pick up your comic books. Pete, what are you looking forward to? A lot of great stuff coming out, guys. A lot of great stuff. But I'm going to have to go with something we don't talk about ever. And that's once in future number 11. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Nice. I thought you were going to say, I got to give it up for something we don't talk about a lot. The Bible. Guys, you got to get out and read the Bible. (laughs) It's a new comic every week. (laughs) Have you heard the good news? (laughs) Justin, what about you? What are you looking forward to? Um, I'm going to give it up for a book called Stillwater out tomorrow, uh, written by uh, Chip Zdarsky and drawn by uh, one of my favorite artists, uh, Ramon Perez. Um, Great cover on that book. Speaking of great cover. Uh, very excited. Uh, I feel like Chip Zdarsky sort of first came into prominence as an artist, but has really separated himself from the pack when it comes to his writing. His Daredevil run has been really excellent, written with such confidence. Very excited to see what this um, creator-owned book is like. 
Yeah. Uh, I am looking forward to You Look Like Death, Tales from the Umbrella Academy, number one. Ah. It's good to see Gerard Bay back on the book, even if this is a spinoff, still feels consistent um, and uh, focuses on Klaus. Yeah, Everybody. That's why. That's why. Yeah. I, love I love Klaus. I do you like do Klaus. Klaus. So I'm excited to read a Klaus series. That'll be fun. We should do uh, a podcast about We should do a podcast about that one comic book. We absolutely should. We'll definitely have time to do that. Uh, and all of those are going to have reviews in the Stack podcast that is in the oh, comic wow. feed or its own Stack feed. It's a weird coincidence how that keeps happening. It is. It is absolutely. Uh, and folks, I think that's it for our show. Yeah. So, a couple of people we want to thank before we go. We want to thank our amazing guest, Sean Chen. Check out Wingman whenever you can. Uh, also, Jerry Dugan. Check out Marauder's Cable, as well as the rest of his stuff and Tennis Swords coming up very soon. Next week on the yeah. show, we're going to have two more great guests for you. Fred Van Lenti is yeah. going to be back on the show. He's a basketball this player time, He's a basketball player now. We talked about the comic book story of basketball. Which I'm going to have a lot yeah. of questions about, like, who are those tall guys? How do you make points, etc. I'm also going to have Matthew math, Klein, Valiance VP of Sales and Marketing, is going to be here to talk about a little bit about what that publisher is doing to deal with COVID, what they have coming forward, because they have a big slate of books and they're coming back in a big way. So that should be a lot of fun. Also, if you want to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book. Uh, we have a couple of other podcasts. Let's hear it for the boys. The boys podcast now coming out every Friday. Umbrella Pod Academy on our Umbrella Pod Academy podcast coming out at some point. We'll get back to it. Dude. Uh, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter. ComicBookLive.com for this podcast and more. Go Rochester, right, Pete? Yeah, The Rock, baby. Rock, the Rock. Baby. All right. And that's it. Everybody have a good week. Thanks so much for coming out. Stop with those. Yeah. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotion promotional offer not available in washington dc